This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting betterhelp.com slash yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. Dot com slash yanks. Today is September 14th. We are doing the voicemail episode. Special guest Trevor Plouffe. As we hope Jimmy survives. Holy smokes, a special Talking Yanks voicemail episode with former driller and stud third baseman Trevor Patrick Plouffe donning the pinstripes like he was always supposed to do. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing great, and I want you to, thanks for asking, I want you to kind of check what I got going on here. Not only do I have the pinstripes. Yep. I got the Seahawks hat on. Yep. Because Russell Wilson is also a member of yeah. the New York Yankees. Yes. I heard they were going to take number three out of retirement and give it to him because he's that damn good. Where'd you what hear you that from again? That? Where'd you hear that I, from? I just made it up. Sources. Sources. Yeah, that's all you time. have to do anymore. Uh, happy for you, happy for your Seahawks And uh, yeah, if you're asking uh, I know a lot of people follow a lot of what we do Jimmy's a little under the weather We'll see um, I, I think his Katie was a little sick So maybe he's just a little sick But we'll see So we're playing it safe He's not in the office um, And we'll uh, we'll see how he's doing for now We'll talk some voicemail stuff uh, If you're not familiar with Trevor Plouffe Where have you been? Oh my uh, Former twin you watch stud, Yankees games, you're does, familiar with me. Does talk <laughs> does talk in <laughs> baseball. Has been to the second deck in left field. One of the two times I've appreciated Trevor Plouffe this year. The other one was because you told me you faced Mariano Rivera. And I was like, God damn it, man. That's pretty cool. So um spend most of my days talking to you anyways, but normally not in the Yankee circles. Where are you uh where are you at with the Yanks, Trev? I'm excited to be here because I believe I've watched more Yankee games than any other team mm. this year. And I'm listening with the home broadcast, all of that. So I mm. feel like I'm pretty caught up on the Yanks. I've been kind of telling you guys to chill out a little bit. Yeah. And here we are after, uh, did they sweep this weekend? They swept four games. They've won five in a row. And, I mean, they're back. They're 100% yeah. in the playoffs. It's now... Get ready for that first series. That's it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of been the tough thing around baseball this year because I mean you you win five of six games in a given week and you're you're basically back and feeling great. And I think every every good team this year except the Dodgers, I think, has had a rough stretch. Um, yeah, you know the the Braves had a tough stretch. The the Rays. Uh, they started the year slow. They've gotten going, and now they're in a tough one. I mean, the go around baseball. Any team that's not the Dodgers, who are really good, um, has had a tough stretch. And yeah, I mean, the Yankees were really hurt, um, and yeah. they still got more help coming. Trev Judge, Stanton, Johnny Luizaga, your guy. Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing is like these other teams. Most of them went through rough patches just because they were playing bad baseball. I mean, the Yankees have been hurt. So let's get these guys back. You know, I mean, Judge is obviously the main guy you need to have back for the playoffs. Stanton, former MVP, not too shabby either. So Mm. uh, I think, you know, as we talk about it a little bit more today, I think they're in a good spot. Just get healthy. Hopefully you can have those guys back. I don't know what the prognosis is and when they're supposed to be back. I know soon because ideally you'd want them back for 
at least a series before we go into the playoffs. Get get their time back a little bit. Yeah, so I think there's a voicemail or two around that so we can talk about it. I guess the only other thing, and I'll check with producer BBD, is uh, do we have any Davey voicemails? Uh, I don't believe no. so. Have you seen Davey yet, uh, uh, There is kind of one, but not like about him specifically. Okay. You're talking about Garcia. Davey Garcia, yes. I watched him pitch a little bit. Okay. That, is that's your guy? That's like... Well, it's uh when when we jumped to the three game series, we got Cole, we got Tanaka, who's got the playoff history, and then that three spot is kind of open right now. It's Hap has been pitching well. Uh, Jordan Montgomery had a couple bad ones, then he had his best start, and then there's Davey, who's come up and he's been special. He's gonna have the first start tomorrow against Toronto, and if he shoves again, it's gonna be full blown Davey mania. But uh, the the conversation gets interesting because Hap and Monty, if they go to the bullpen, they're kind of just dead weight. Like you're not going to bring them into any situation over the other relievers. But Davey, he could go to the bullpen and potentially tick up a little bit and add a weapon. So that's uh, that's kind of been one of the big three-game playoff series topic, just outside of everyone else getting healthy. Yeah, I mean, I see... In my opinion, looking at the roster, I think you could do the um, Cole Tanaka thing and then a modified bullpen day. Yeah. Where you got these guys piggybacking each other. If one gets in trouble, he's gone. And try to do it like that. It's a little bit risky. Um, but in the three-game series, it's do or die. If they got to that game three, it's do or die, and you got to do what you got to do. So, Well, hopefully they run into the Twins, right? It'd be a great series. Probably don't want to uh, run into the Twins right now. Well, They're let's hot. uh let let's let's get into the voicemails, Trev. Let's see what the people got for us today. First voicemail, it's two voicemails. Okay, it's a double. Similar vein. Okay. Hey, John Boy and Jake and BVD behind the plate. This is Owen from Minnesota. I'm curious what your playoff path to victory would be. Mm. What what teams would you want to play looking at the standings right now? Like we could be in seventh, we could be, you know, win the, we can't win the East probably, but we could be second in East. What well, what would you do? What would who'd you want to play? Uh curious about your thoughts. Love the show. Love you guys. Bye. All right, Trev. Well let's uh What's up, boys? It is Jordan from Boston. All right, winning 5-0 makes you feel good. Playoff hopes are more hopeful. And then the bubble just came out with the settings and how it's going to work out. First round at the home field ballpark. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to go to the trop for injuries and because they've owned our number. Do you think the Yankees also want to avoid the trop, or is it more just get in the playoffs and that's all that matters? You know, do they think seeding matters? Let me know what you think. Thanks, boys. Go Yanks. We're in it, Trev. We're in it deep. So the... The AL pretty much has their eight teams decided. You got the three AL Central teams. You're going to have the A's and most likely the Strohs, unless the Mariners can pull something out. And then the Rays, Yankees, Jays. We'll see if the Yankees can stay hot and kind of claim that two seed. But either way, it's all open because the AL Central changes series by series. Um, And then the top three teams, the A's, whoever's winning the AL Central, and the Rays have been rotating best record. So, I mean, I don't know how much planning you're going to be able to do. I think all these teams are just going to line up their one, two, threes towards the end. Um, you've been on the Rays all year, credit to you, and you know we, we've given them the proper amount of love this year, but there's always a little Yankees-Rays, big brother, little brother, except when they beat you eight out of ten times this season. So um, I don't know. I, I guess this is kind of widespread throughout baseball, and that's what we do on talking baseball. So I'll, I'll I'll kick it to you. What uh general thoughts, and then we'll we'll zoom in a little bit. I think there's two teams they want to match up against, and one is a pretty obvious one. I just said you don't want to match up with the Twins now, but that's because it's in the regular season. Playoff mm. time comes around. Talk about Big Brother, Little Brother. Yeah. When you have Cole and Tanaka to neutralize a lot of the right-handed bats in the Twins lineups, I think that could be a problem for the Twins. Uh, but I think who they match up best against is the Oakland A's. Ooh. And I think they're almost matched up right now. They're not okay. So right now they're not matched up with them. But I think that's who they fit the best against. Uh, Matt Chapman's out for the season. That's a big blow to the A's. Um. 
I was going to say Buffalo, but then Rowdy Telez came out this weekend. Said mm. something cool. He's like, we love Rowdy here. He's talk, he was talking about teams coming into Buffalo and, and, and them complaining about how it's bad and how they're using that to the adv- their advantage. And I kind of I see that happening. I could totally see like, hey, the lights aren't great. You know, the facility sucks. Our hotel sucks. All this stuff. Um, so I could see how they wouldn't want to go in there. So if I was going to pick two teams, I think twins just because of the history. And most of the time I say, screw history. It's a new year, new team. But there is something different about the way the Yankees play the twins in the playoffs. And then just statistically and the way things match up, I think the A's are their best matchup, their best way through the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think what's interesting, and we got some people in the live chat mentioning it now, uh, the two things that jump out, because, I mean, baseball-wise, again, when you start lining it up for three games and you start out with Cole, like, you're going to have a chance in the series. Um, mm-hmm. But the two places that really have been a house of horrors for the Yanks are the Oakland Coliseum. They've struggled there throughout the past decade. And then yeah, the Trop. You just never want to go to the Trop. I mean, you're you're worried about what's going to happen weird in the field of play. So many Yankees have gotten hurt there. And the Yankees, with how bad their middle stretch of the season is, unless they stay incredibly hot and another team falters, they're probably going to be going on the road for that first series. So, um, I don't know. The AL Central teams are interesting. Like you said... We've had really good experiences against the Twins, so I think you line up for that and you're ready to go. The White Sox and Indians kind of feel like wild cards at this point because there's so much young talent that we haven't really seen on that stage yet. Like, you know, the White Sox, their hitting is unbelievable. Cleveland, their pitching is unbelievable. But um, I, I don't know. The only the Indians, I guess, hitters have been there before. Ramirez, Lindor, um, and then for the White Sox, they do have Keuchel, who, you know, you're going to follow Giolito with him, and Keuchel's been through a lot of wars, especially against the Yankees, and has dominated them. So, um, I don't know. The only thing that jumps out, because baseball-wise, you still got to win the game, but Tampa and Oakland have been nasty places for the Yankees to play. I could see the Coliseum having the same effect as you know buffalo has i mean they're not too far off even though yeah. one's an actual major league stadium <laughs> one's a triple a stadium they're not too far off uh indians is interesting because yeah you have the the pitching and then like the top end of the lineup but once you get past the top end of the lineup in cleveland yeah. it's pretty bad and collectively i'm just looking it up right now i mean they're at an 83 ops plus and you throw tanaka and cole at those guys yeah as long as you can score a runoff bieber uh and carrasco <laughs> You know, and and Plezak, and I don't know who I don't know who's their number two now. Is is it Carrasco? I might be Plezak. I think he's been second best. Yeah, well, um, you know, you're gonna have to face if you can put some runs up against them. I think you can hold the Indians down, especially with a guy like Cole, and then play off Tanaka. So, I'll add them into the. Those are the three teams that I think they'd fare best against: Twins, Indians, A's. Hearing you say playoff Tanaka really does something you to guys me. have put that in my head yeah you're welcome well it should be in your head because it's it's honestly it's it's been awesome yeah i'm trying to think and the other unless the yankees get really hot um they're gonna be at best the five seed um which again we'll see it's been a funny season we'll, we'll see if anything can kick up but yeah and i wonder by we when we get to the final week I mean, they're just going to be lining up their starters. I don't know if you're you're going to be really battling to try to try to play a different team. I don't know. I mean, it'd be good to dodge the Rays this year. The Rays have had us pretty bad. The Yays starting pitching to me is just an enigma. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to have Montas. He's supposed to be the guy. He's had a really bad year. Chris Bassett's been their best starter, which he's a little funky. I think that's what he has going best for them. I don't know if they've faced him this year or not, but. I don't. I just. I love the A's, man. I like a lot of the guys on the team. I just don't believe in them in the in in this playoffs. And, and no, the other thing is they just lost Matt Chapman, who is a game changer on both sides of the ball. So okay, I think I. Great. I think I might change it to let's dodge the Rays just because of the stadium and how they've done. But again, like 
the Rays are going to go what? Glasnow, Snell, Morton. Which again, that's that is pretty nasty. <laughs> so really okay, let's good. let's dodge the Rays. Let's yeah. just let's just not deal with that until we have to deal with that. What do you got next, BBD? Hi, John Boy, Jake. Love the show. Love it. Love, love Awesome stuff. Um, very quick question. Do you think there is a additional benefit to Monty or Hack being a I don't know, one inning reliever to get some lefties out against the Rays in the first round. That's who I think they're going to end up facing. Or do you think there's a benefit to putting Davey there and giving one of those two guys the start? Thank you very much. Have a great day. So this this is what I, I was talking to you a little bit about, Trev, is that, you know, Cole and Tanaka are the locks. They're, they're going one-two. Uh, from there, and again, if you start getting into a five or a four – or five or a seven game set, it changes the conversation a little bit. But for the three gamer, I don't know, man. J Hap had been kind of hated by Yankee fans. He was bad last year. And I think, you know, Yankee fans, as you've joined Yankees Twitter, Trev, you've seen how, how they can how they can handle some situations. Let's be honest, J Hap got juice balled last year. He's a fly ball pitcher in the stadium. Um and he had a tough time But this year he's been really solid The The line that Jimmy's started using Which is kind of fair Is that Every pitch J-Hap throws You feel like can be hit for a home run Which is a, <laughs> which is a little rude To a guy that's had a really good MLB career But is also true I mean the guy pumps 60% 92 mile per hour fastballs uh, Jordan Montgomery I don't know if you got the full tape on him He uh Young, tall, he's got the highest release point in Major League Baseball, so there's a little... I don't know if you know this, but I used to play baseball. I know you did. Did you I've, face Monty? I faced Montgomery, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and did you Did you feel the funk on Mon- Monty? No, man. I love lefties. Okay. It's okay. not fair to ask me. I mean, I wasn't a great hitter, but I could hit lefties pretty well. Okay, um, well... But I get what you're we, saying. Yeah, but before we get into more... More of your stats and data. <laughs> Second deck, Trev. Short porch, Trev. Um, and then Davey, the young king, who, again, I think he's he's a start tomorrow night away from being like, yep, he gets the pill because um, he, he has shown the ability to be special. Um, uh, I don't know. I Like, I guess from the player side... I mean, what what do you want? Do you want your team looking at it analytically? If you're facing a team that... Has lesser numbers against lefties Are you are If Davey's kind of this young magician Are you saying like hey let's go off that magic Like what's what's your mindset at I think 100% obviously You're going Cole Tanaka And I think what's probably going to happen If there is a third game It's going to be a piggyback day um, The problem with doing Like a Montgomery and Hap Thing Is you could stack the lineup If they're going to start the game With righties Okay, and this voicemail talked about, hey, let's put one of these guys in and and have them for lefties. And I'm looking at the splits now; they've both been good, but Montgomery's been really good against lefties. So I'm sure that's something they're looking at. You know, his stats mm-hmm. right now. I got the splits up uh, versus left-handed batters, and he holds them to a 186 batting average, a 573 OPS. Th- that's the those are the numbers you look for. So yeah. in my mind, that's what they're already doing. They're planning for this first series. Montgomery's probably going to be in the bullpen for certain lefties. I don't know. They'll go person by person. Who does he match up against? If we're saying it right now, and Garcia goes out and has a good start, I think he starts game three. And then you have these guys to back him up. And I think that's yeah. the smart thing to do. Um, like you're saying, with Hap, he is a fly ball pitcher, and that is not what you want in the playoffs. I mean, you're you're a you're a bloop and a blast away from being down two nothing instantly. You don't like that. You don't yeah. want that. You need a guy that can miss bats. And obviously, we don't know a ton about Garcia just yet, but he probably misses more bats than these two guys. And I love now that we've looked these stats up. Yeah, Montgomery's a weapon in the playoffs against lefties. And then maybe that's his future role. You know, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit overall, like his career stats. Um, 
He had, four, he had a, a couple. A four is a good, it's a great ERA for a starter. A back-end starter, you'll take that all day long. You can make a lot of money doing that, so he's not going to want to be in the pen. But when the playoffs come around, no one gives a shit what you want. It's about the team. He could be a weapon. Yeah, and uh, again, this I guess this gets funky because I we just had that whole thing where I don't think the Yankees are going to know who they're playing until you know maybe two days left in the season. Yeah. Um. So again, if if you are coming up against a team, you know, say it say it's Tampa and they've got Meadows and Lau back to back, you know, that could be a nice lane for Monty. Um, you know, I'd have to look up the Indians numbers, but they've got all those switch hitters. Does is would there be a nice lane where you could turn those guys around potentially? So, yeah, I think Monty because he is a little funky with the high release, you can probably find a role for him and then Hap if he continues, he he has been really good lately. I think if you get into a four or seven game set, you know, I think you might have to throw him for a game. But then in in that length series too, he can also be your guy if a game does get out of hand. You know, Jay Happ can burn four innings for you and try to save the pen for another day. But I don't know. I I think these, you know, we're fourteen games left or whatever it is. And again, like. We've been really high on Davey, and I still am, and, like, the composure and, and all the intangibles have seemed nice, but he's also a rookie. Like, if if the wheels yeah. were to fall off, that opens things up a lot more, too. So, a little he, exciting. He'd have little to sh- he'd have to sh- he needs to show something at the end of the season. I continue to do what he's done. And, Trev, you know I like a good storyline. I think he's just going to drop Dick the rest of the way, and it'll be like, oh, and these Yankees got a little magic in this guy. Davey Garcia. Cool. I'm cool, rooting man. for that. Speaking of cool, Trev, Noah's cool. Seeing oh, the teams back, seeing the teams back on the gridiron this week. Football mm. is back, and lucky for us, that was just week one. There is no better place to get in on the actions with DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, baby, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 2, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users, all new users, the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right. You can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you cash a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now to scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JUMBOY. When you sign up to get this can't-miss offer, pick any team during week two. Bet $1, and if you get it, you win 100 if they win. That's $1 to win 100 with promo code JOMBOY during sign-up. For a limited time only, only DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's that number again? <laughs> Might need that. Depending how tonight's games go. What do you got, Beaver? No brainer. One dollar yeah, to win a hundred. Hey, uh, I left a voicemail for last week's episode, but it must not have kept, made the uh, DVD cut, which is fine. I get it. Maybe it was over two minutes. I don't know. Anyways, this week's question. Do you think that uh, when today's game, Sunday's game, when uh, Boone says, hey, Gordy, we're going to pinch hit, um, Glaber for you? You think it was like, a, oh, okay, it's fine, Glaber, that's cool. Like if it would have been Tyro or Tyler Wade or somebody, Garter get all pissed, you know, do his dang thing. Or do you think uh, you think Booney has fun with it and says, hey, uh, Glaber, I'm gonna have to pinch hit for Glory, but you gotta go tell him, you know, one of those. Yeah, you gotta go tell Uncle Brett that I'm gonna pinch hit you for him. So I don't know, just something to play with. Love you guys. Keep it up. Peace. Trev on and uh fortunate slash unfortunate break. You can you can speak pretty well on this. Is this uh did managers ever have fun with, with pinch hit appearances? Was it or were there ever any nervous moments like, hey, <laughs> you you gotta tell him he's out of the game. That could be a bad time. I mean, I've been through the gamut on pinch hitting. I've pinch hit 
for someone I probably shouldn't have pinch hit for. I've been on deck hoping that I get pinch hit for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when you're where Guardy is in your career, like it's, you just don't ever want to get pinch hit for. Mm. Like he's, you know, and I get Glaber. If it's a guy like Glaber, I think this the voicemail was correct. If it's a guy like Glaber, you're like, okay, I, I understand the matchup, whatever it may be, gives us a chance to win. But still, you want to hit, dude. You know, you want to you want to be able to get out of whatever funk you're in. So I I, I could see like yeah, if it was a a Wade or a Tyro Estrada, that mm-hmm. would have been a little different. There would have had to been a post game. Hey, Guardy, can you? Can Come here real quick. <laughs> like, let's talk about why I did it. You know, whereas when Glaber does it for you and he is the kind of player he is, you kind of just like, okay, I understand that. Yeah, and it was uh, Tanner Scott who's uh, a little bit of, not a sidewinding lefty, but he comes he comes over from second base. So I think there's a little bit of, like you're saying, it's Glaber. Um, I'm fine with giving up this bat, especially when Glaber ends up coming through, PBD. Plus Glaber also like got the hit. Yeah. So like, yeah. it all worked out. That always helps. Yes. That always helps. What uh? And the side winding lefty thing is also a factor. I'm sure Brett was like, like, am I holding this bat any longer? Like, yeah. what am I doing? Should I have my batting gloves on? Like, you know, it's one of those things where you probably expected something. What uh? What what were your pinch? Who'd you pinch hit for that you you didn't have any business pinch hitting for? If you don't mind me asking. I don't even remember, man. Okay. Um. I, I know there were times where I would come in and pinch run for like Jim Tomei. Mm. Like my first year, that's kind of what I did. And then like if the game ended up going longer than it needed to, like say somebody right. tied something up, all of a sudden I'm hitting in Jim Tomei's spot. <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> all right, come So um, <laughs> I also remember my first, and this is, I don't want to talk about me, all right, bro? I do. Ask me questions I do. About myself. My first call up ever, I only played it was like a three-game set against the Brewers. Had success my first couple games. Um, John Axford is in the game to close mm. it out. And it's only they're only up by one or so. I'm on deck like, Guardy, are you going to fucking keep me in this game? Or is can Jim tell me pinch hit for me? Like, I was fully <laughs> expecting to be pinch hit for, and then I ended up going up there and striking out. Mm. Um so that's not a good attitude to have, okay, <laughs> for anybody that's out there. Anytime you but come up, anytime you come up and thing. you don't want to hit, I think the success rate goes down pretty, pretty yeah. heavily there. Um, and that was your buddy Bubak, who you're. He's been trying to. He wants you to win him over. Um, oh, I don't give an f about bo- wow. winning Bubak over. I don't know. Okay? I don't know if that's going to help or hurt you. Uh, could see it going. That's either okay. Way. I can see him That's respecting okay. that about you. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna do me, Bubak. You do you, and if we meet somewhere in the middle, mm. so be it. There you go. Next, I like your songs though. Hey, John Boy, Jake, and BBD. This is Sean calling again from Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. The Yankees just swept the Orioles. I'm pretty happy about that. But my question for you is about DJ LeMahieu. Do you think this is the last year we'll see him in pinstripes, or will Cashman do whatever it takes to keep him in the uniform? Uh, appreciate everything you guys are doing. Appreciate the show. Love it. Keep it up. And I'll shut up and listen. Bye. Now, we uh, we usually dance around these pretty decently during the season, Trev, because, you know, we're approaching the playoffs. <laughs> we, we, we hope the Yankees got a lot of good stuff coming up and – uh, we we're gonna have an off season to talk about all this, but DJ Lemayhew, man, uh, I'm I don't know how many examples are similar to this. I mean, he was you know a really good ball player for the Rockies, Gold Glover, won one batting title, was solid. Trev, he's been special with the Yanks. I mean, he he's been picking it at second, third, even first a little bit. Um, the batting average, OPS are both there. Um. You know, he signed a two for 24, I think, BBD. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, this guy's going to demand some money, but also what's free agency going to look like this year? I don't know. I keep whispering it in podcasts, but I don't know what kind of money the Yankees got because they're one of these family-owned baseball teams that don't have their, you know, hands and other things. So um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you got? 
Yeah, I think this, it's, it is going to be a weird year in free agency. And I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's a career 100 OPS guy. How is that even possible? It's weird, man. He came to Yankee Stadium from Colorado and got exponentially better. A 136 OPS plus last year. He's at a 156 clip this year. That's ri- I mean, so he was a below average MLB hitter until he got to New York. He's also 32. I don't know how much money he's going to command. I know he's had two really good years in a row, but you know how teams see guys when they get over that 30 mark, especially 32. He's going to. He's, I think his league age is 32 next year, but I mean. I think this will be a great time for the Yankees to offer him a similar deal. Mm. If he gets more than that on the open market, good for him, and the Yankees should be like, okay. Now, the Yankees, from what I gather, they don't have much coming up behind him. Someone to lock down second base like that. So I think it could be advantageous for both of them. I think DJ could be like, dude, let me cash in on the Yankees. I like it here. I've been, I played well here. And the Yankees could say, look, we probably value you more than any other franchise does. So there's going to be some back and forth. I do think free agency is going to be down this offseason. I don't think that's any question. Um, but I do think looking at the scenario, it would be mutually beneficial for them to work something out. And I, I think DJ, and I mean, these are the quotes you're going to say, but I I think the interest has been shown that he's he wanted to be on a winner. Um and I, I think he's enjoying the situation. I don't know, Trev. I mean, if think about it. If you're DJ LeMahieu here, you know, you've just raked the past two years. You've, you've always been known as a fielder. You've always been known as a bat-to-ball guy. Now there's a little pop to it. There's a little more. I think he's going to be demanding more than that. I mean, I, again, it's, it's tough to read through the lines on Twitter and everything, but... DJ LeMahieu's agent isn't going to be asking two for 24 because he's going to say the past two years, I've been a monster. <laughs> I mean, free agency's littered with examples of guys coming off big years and not getting shit, especially the last couple of years. It's true. You know, you look at, you know, the Mike Moustakis factor. He went through two years of that before cashing in this year. Um, and I would say they're probably pretty similar players. Ooh. Mike is much younger. A better hitter, probably not as well. Mike at third base used to be a pretty good defender, um, so I could see them maybe looking at that deal and saying, "Look, could we get four sixty four, but there's no way, man. Not at that age. Just, I, I just don't see it. I, I could see a two year deal if they wanted to raise it to thirty. That's what I I'm wondering. Because I, I mean, the number you see a lot of people on the internet saying is twenty mil per year. But when you do actually, no hell no. When you when He's you do actually consider age thirty two and that these seasons are the outliers, um, yeah, I wonder if like a two for fifteen, um, you know, you still get a little bit of a bump, or you know, that they do like him a lot. I I think I think a lot of fans listening to this are probably. A, mad you compared him to Mike Moustakis. Um, just because DJ's been really good for the Yankees, Trev. He's, with the Yankees, he's had a 901 OPS. I know um, that. I, I get it. So, um, I don't know. And he's he's pulling at people's heartstrings. <laughs> People are comparing this is, him. This is actually great. They both have a career OPS of 100. OPS plus of 100. I, when you look at the full body of work, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think DJ's a oh, little bit. And Mike is 32. So they're the same freaking player, man. So, so maybe he does. Moose last year got what four for sixty four, something like that. He did. I just man with the pandemic and yeah. no fans in the stands and all that. I just don't see that offer on the table. How about three for uh, fifty? I I want DJ to get paid. I yeah. don't want anyone to misconstrue that. <laughs> I hope he gets yes four sixty four. That'd be amazing. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the teams are really going to be stingy with the amount of years, especially at that age. Yeah. I could see a, a lot of teams going one year with an option. I can see the team going two guaranteed years as the winner. So maybe that's what the Yankees do. They say, hey, we, can, we think you could do it. Um, we like what you bring to the table. Two years, 30. Okay. Two years, 32. It's an it's an interesting conversation, and Trev. That's why I get scared to deep dive into it because Tanaka's a free agent, Paxton's a free agent, um, the Yankees, 
you know, I don't know how the financials look, but they definitely look different after everything with COVID. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they lean into lean into that because they just paid that coal guy a lot of money too. Um, so I don't know. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of questions. Let's uh let's try to try to save those until you know November. I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot in the offseason. Yeah, we will. We sure will. Next. Hey, guys. It's Rusty from Danbury. Yanks are about to have a roster crunch with Urshela, Judge, and Stanton all coming back soon. So that means three guys have to go to Scranton. Now, I'm assuming Kratz and Tyro are definitely going down, and I'm assuming that Talkman is safe. So if it's down between Ford or Andujar, personally, I think it would be a huge mistake to send down Andujar. So my question is, Am I crazy or do you agree? Thanks, guys. Love the show and go Yanks. This right. is a you question, man. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll talk out loud, and if you hear anything, c- correct me on it. So Gio Urshela should be back with the Yankees tomorrow. He should be sending down either Tyro Strada, who's been pretty bad for them this year, young ball player, probably could have used a year of AAA this year. Um, or Mike Ford, who was really nice for the Yankees last year. He's kind of been a disaster this year. Um, either way, I think that becomes kind of a moot point because your guy Stanton should be on the way back soon. And so whichever one doesn't, in theory, that's Stanton. Where it gets interesting is Aaron Judge. Um, Judgey is hopefully coming back by the weekend himself. And, Trev, the Yankees have been holding three catchers. Uh, Gary's been struggling. Uh, Eric Kratz came up and a, you know, obviously a shot of life to the clubhouse. He's one of the most well-liked people around baseball. Um, and he was swinging an okay stick for them. I mean, he's a lifetime, you know, 40-year-old backup catcher. So there's that. But um, uh, I don't know. It it just becomes an interesting topic. Do Do you get rid of him and... Try to keep him around the team. He's he's a guy that's been become a big part of the clubhouse. Or do you send down? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there's a there's a roster crunch. Player coach, the player old player coach. coach. <laughs> I think if, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Kratzy. Um, and then I don't know. Is there? I, I think the other thing that ties into this is Gary Sanchez. The Yankees are hoping he's going to figure it out, but he's been having a tough year. Um, so is there a is, benefit? Is, to to keeping okay. the three catchers going into this postseason, I I don't know. I I guess it's kind of loose roster construction. If there's any any keywords you like there, this is not a great question for me. I'm going to try <laughs> to answer the best that I can. Okay. My thought on my Deep thought thoughts. on this whole thing is, you got two weeks. Gary's been struggling all year. Is there any chance they say Gary? We're going to send you to a week to the alternate site. Oh. You were going to get four at-bats a, like, or eight at-bats a day. Get your shit together. Come back up for the playoffs. I think he'd be open to it. So Is it I'll, embarrassing a little bit? Yeah. I don't. Does he have options? So I I'll, guess that's the first thing. I'll catch you up a little bit. I, I do believe he does. But A, if they did that, um, he doesn't have options, surprisingly. Okay, then that's um, not it's not an option. And if if he did, I mean the fireworks that would have sent off between the media and the team and everything. Um and Trev, they're basically doing that now. Like the Yankees, you've you've seen me and Jimmy complain about their off days and their scheduling. They've been running Gary out there every day, catching or DHing to get his at bats in to try to figure out. Um so they're Yeah, they're, but it's different. It's different if and obviously he can't do it because he doesn't have any options, so that doesn't make any sense. But if he right. was to go down there and get six to eight stress-free at-bats, it's different than doing it in right. front of everybody. And that's what Jimmer was disappointed when they benched him for a little bit. Um, they benched him for two games, three games. And we were saying, you know, if you're going to do it and you're going to be benched and you're going to work with the hitting coach every day, like, you know, make it three or four. Like, clear the head. Get away from it. Um, but now the Yankees are taking the approach where they're going to give him every day at bats, and you well, know he's still your best offensive catcher by far. Exactly, and Trev, I know I I don't think we want to do this whole thing, but defensively Gary is talented. Um, obviously the blocking is tough, but he's he's got the best arm out of Higgy and Kratz easily. 
Um, and Garrett Cole's raved about him this year. So, uh, you know, obviously his blocking has been a thing in the past. Uh, but all, all in all, and that's been the quotes out of Boone, Cashman, and everyone is like, we're going to do it with Gary. <laughs> um, because when he's right, he's a huge advantage. He hits like no other catcher can hit when he's right. Um, mm-hmm. But right now he's very wrong. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, knock on wood, we'll see what goes on with the Yankees injury bug. Miguel Andujar is safe if people are wondering about that. Um, you know, he's a part of the future. I think he's going to be the Yankees' only dynamic hitting option off the bench come playoff time if everyone is healthy. Um, BBD, again, this is deep cut Yankee stuff. So I'll ask you, I mean, is it, does Kratz or Talkman have to end up off this team? I think so. Yeah. The Kratz thing a week ago, I would have said they really want to keep him around because they kept the three catchers to this point. But I mean, just last week we had Grichik on this show talk about how important, um, yeah, what's his name to the, to the Blue Joseph, Jays. Caleb Joseph. Yeah. And they DFA'd him. So like, yeah. I think the team that that works to a certain extent, and when the team was in the, was struggling as a whole as much as they were, it was important to keep Kratz around. But now we're kind of rolling again, so I don't think he's fully safe. On Gary, I struggle with the phrasing of this, but just like the threat of Gary, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they're not they're not taking that out of the lineup when it like matters if he's healthy. The opponent would they're, much. They don't want to throw him a, a strike down the middle. In a playoff the game. opponent would much rather see Higgy or Kratz than Gary Sanchez, who could potentially hit a 450 moon dog at any swing. Does Higgy have options? It doesn't look like he does either. Higgy does not, so that's that's kind of been Kratz, the conversation. Kratz is going to be out. You know, I know I he brings so. a lot to the table. I think everyone likes him, but you're not going to carry three catchers if you don't have to, or if you don't have the room. Like that's the first thing you're going to do is be done with that. Yeah. No, it uh. The math seems to point of it, but also, you know, one more injury, which the Yankees have had a lot of. Look, this is also a possibility, and I do not want this to happen. I don't Uh-oh. want them to send Kratz down because I love Kratz. I also sure. love uh, Higgy. Higgy could be gone too. Yeah. They, they say we like Kratz's – if we like Kratz to lead our pitching staff and be our backup guy, Higgy hasn't shown a lot. It's true. Higgy Higgy has caught Cole's last two games. It's going to be interesting to see if he catches this third one uh, because Higgy's specialty is pitch framing. So if Gary's not mm-hmm. hitting, if you could get Higgy's pitch framing with Cole, I mean, that's sure. kind of, that potentially could be a dynamic combination. But um, There's definitely a discussion about that. Yeah. and Because think- it's going to be a catcher, so which one? Is it going to be yeah. Kratz? I mean, it's not like, you know, if they, if they tagged – or tabbed Higgy to be like their catcher of the future. Yeah, then that's different. I don't think they've done that. No. So he he there's a I mean that's the discussion right now. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's uh, and they're probably gonna ask Cole, like, oh my god, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's uh I don't know. It, it all signs point to Kratz. We'll see if anything happens in a week that would change that decision. Hey guys, it's Gabriel from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Big time listener. You guys bring me strength in these uh, difficult parts. Had a question for you. Heard you guys calling uh, Chapman's difficult situation uh, turtle heading. Now, growing up, we always called it prairie dog. And wondering the uh, the etymology behind your uh, your choice of words and where that came from, and uh, whether you think you know, a turtle is a more appropriate metaphor for Chapman than uh, a prairie dog in this situation. Mm. Thanks. Go Yanks. You can bat lead off on this one, Trev. I had something I was going to Oh, let's go back to the last voicemail real quick. <laughs> okay. This is that's a ridiculous question and I do have an, a definite answer for you okay. for this one. But Good. don't be surprised if we see Kratzy or Higgy go on a 10-day DL with a uh Ooh. Like, you know, a phantom knee injury or something. Mm. They can't decide, they're like, look, 10 days and we'll make a decision then. Because the, so the other thing, the other thing that gets interesting is like, I could see them having the three catchers on the roster because you, you know, you're gonna have pinch runners and stuff, and that makes it like Gary Sanchez is a guy you pinch run for at this point. So I don't know. I, it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, okay. As far so, as the turtle yes. head, 
yes. or prairie dog. Right. Uh, the nomenclature in California, at least where I'm from, is prairie dog. You're prairie dogging it. And I've never even heard turtle in it. I think prairie dogging is the more common phrase. Um, I just think turtle heading might be a better, kind of a better description. I mean, you picture a turtle head coming out of a shell, and that, I mean, if we're being honest. Have you ever seen a prairie dog stick his head out of the hole? I've seen a prairie dog stick his head out of the hole, sure. Um, when I see a prairie dog do that, you know what I think there is? I think there's also a cuteness level to prairie dogs. That a prairie dog pokes its head out, and you're like, oh, look at that. Like, you look at a, tur- a turtle and that kind of neck. I don't know. David? For me, it becomes kind of an issue of, of shape or volume. Ooh. Color? Color. To an extent, yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. I would probably, I would agree prairie dogging is the more common phrase. I think more often I'm in a turtle heading situation. Mm, I bet you are. What, um... Trev, I know, I know you got to run in a minute. Do you, do you have a, not yours personally, but any good teammate stories or anything like that where Mother Nature be, became an issue? Um, it happens a lot. I mean, sure. like I play a lot of games. Three hours um, on a field. I have my favorite poop story. Mm. Doesn't actually involve poop. Okay. And I think you guys... You guys know this story, but for the listeners here, sure. We in Minnesota, we would do our team pictures every year. You go mm. on the field, you get lined up, you take a picture. Every year, Burt Blylevin would come out, and we'd be like, uh, say, like right behind second base. That's where we would do our bleachers. He'd be behind home plate in the stands, and <laughs> he'd get everybody's attention. He would then. I don't. Should I even be saying no, this? No, I, I think you should. Whatever. I think Bert's happy with it. Yeah, uh, he would. He would moon everybody. Yep. But then he'd moon you, and then all of a sudden you see this brown log drop out of his butt. Yeah. And it's you just think he just pooped his pants, or <laughs> not in his pants. He just bent over and pooped right in front of us, and it was disgusting. Uh, and then to make it even more disgusting, he'd pick that log up and then he'd take a bite out of it. Mm. So then you're really like, this is disgusting. And Bert, like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, it was a Snickers bar and he would do it every single year. He'd put a little Snickers bar, clench it with his butt. It'd fall out. He'd pick it up. And that's Bert Blylevin humor. That's how every single year we knew it was coming. Guess what? It was funny every single year, and it was disgusting every single year. That's Hall of Fame so, humor. Go Bert. That's Hall. He's got to come on the show. We got to get him on the show. Yeah, we. Uh, he's done. He he finished up his his uh, last broadcasting oh, that's right. effort. So he's got all. He's got nothing but time now. That's uh, that's good. Yeah, we met Bert briefly, and then we heard that story, and it all makes sense. It all makes, it makes sense. a lot of sense. It all makes sense. He uh, he was a character. Um, is a character. Any uh, any final Yankee notes, Trev? Anything you need to tell the Yankees fan base? You've got the pulse of them. I feel like I've. I want to say thank you for embracing me into Yankees Twitter. It's a tough place, but yeah. I, I enjoy being there. Um, relax. Take these next two weeks. Get your mind right for the playoffs. That's when the Yankees season starts. Um, biggest thing you got to worry about is that three starter. We'll figure that out when we get there. Let's let's have these two week this two week audition period for it. Um, pray for some health. But if the Yankees get all the guys back, if they get Judge and Stanton back and give them some time to get acclimated to a bats, look out. Like you should still be thinking World Series. I think. Uh... And last week that was not the case. There was nobody thinking World Series last week. There was more questions that. than answers. A couple of them started getting answers. My my big thing is give give me one of the big guys. I need Judge or Stanton to kind of be the anchor in that lineup. If we get both of them, that would be incredible. And yeah, man, I think uh, if Davy Garcia does it tomorrow, like it's gonna be Davy Mania, 
And I'm uh, I'm excited about that because when you do start talking, you know, either ALCS, World Series type storylines, a dynamic 21 year old rookie who's punching people and peacocking off the mound that's a uh, that's a fun one to have with you. So yes, uh, Trevor Plouffe, thank you, beautiful soul. Uh, appreciate all you for tuning in to talking Yanks. We'll be back with sharp stats, or I don't know when any everything's getting recorded. Yeah, but or the series. Can, can I say one more sharp thing? Stats rest of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say one more thing. This is directed straight to the Yankees pitching staff. Oh, here we go. Stop coming out after the game and saying they must have my pitches. That I must be tipping. Stop. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. If you think that, make an adjustment and then go do it. Because guess what? Also, when you come out publicly and say it, then people are going to assume that you changed. If you don't say anything, they're going to be looking for the same thing. And then you change and they won't know. It's a bad look for the fans. Nobody wants to hear it. And it's a dumb play strategically. So stop with that. Go get guys out. Make sure you're not tipping your pitches. It's not that freaking hard. Sorry. No, that was beautiful. We're with you. That, I uh, feel like that was part of Yankees Twitter right there. That was you're like really, you're in it, man. Woo. You're in deep at this point. Um, you got hot. Love that. Go tweet at Trevor Plouffe. Thank him for coming on. We'll see you guys soon. Let's go Yanks. Let's uh let's dominate the Blue Jays series and then we'll be back. Then Yankees Twitter will be walking around, shoulders high. If Russell Wilson isn't, isn't throwing a first pitch in the Yankees playoffs, it's a mistake. Okay. Go Yankees. Confirmed. Go Yankees. Tell him, Grandma. Yeah. It's a little late. Story of my life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch anytime, no additional charge. So, celebrate the progress that you've already made by visiting BetterHelp.com slash Yanks today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Yanks.